This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Out of Bounds Show podcast is presented by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Your golf game starts with Edwin Watts Golf Shop. WRKS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? Now live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. Listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Goodness gracious, good morning on a max effort Monday. We want to hear from you. We are The Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. Good morning, good morning. Welcome in. Thanks for making us your sports and entertainment show of choice. Show is brought to you by the New York Strip, Bone-In Ribeye, Kessler Prime, and the Renaissance. Visit KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. Great wine list, recognized by Wine Spectator since 2001, and a great bourbon list. At Kessler Prime and the Renaissance, we'll be doing a Russell's Reserve Um tasting there sooner than later looking forward to that the official bourbon of the out of bounds show russell's reserve part of the wild turkey premium line that they had it there at uh at where we were on saturdays um in fact well blake did a great job um for our listeners i got to interview rocky patel with rocky patel cigars he's like a celebrity I, but he's built an amazing company you know, they sell cigars all over the world. Uh, he, he talked about his markets and here and in Asia it just made my jaw drop. Um, but interviewing him over the weekend, Blake and I interviewed him at a, at a new cigar shop, Spring Street Cigars in Starble. And um, it was so much fun. And, and Blake found some Russell's Reserve or something. You got to do what you got to do when you're the producer. Joe, Joe's a prince. Joe listens to the show on the Out of Bounds radio app from Starville. Yes. And anyway, it, it lined up, so that was that was really cool. Shout out to Spence, the assistant Spence. manager. That's who 
we help help me uh, facilitate the imagery oh, that we had. You just there. said imagery. Yeah. The aesthetic That's was fancy. was elite. Yeah, I like it when you say. Uh, elite. I had to explain to someone who Rocky Patel was. They, you know, they're not in cigars and that type of life. Sure. You know? And she asked, I, I, "Why are you going to Starville?" I said, "Well, we're interviewing Rocky Patel." They said, "Who who is that?" I said, "Well, it's like imagine." I was like, "It's like Michael Jordan yeah. for cigars." I was like, "Or yeah. Tiger Woods, or you know, enter elite top top one percent, you know." founding type of godfather attitude towards the industry and it was interesting because he's very unassuming like he was dressed you know he was dressed well but only in a way that if you notice like it's not ostentatious no it's you go okay i know because i've worked in fashion a little bit i know that he was wearing very expensive clothing he was but it's not expensive clothing that's it doesn't cool, look that way it looks cool very jeans, nice a nice yeah. pullover and a cool sport coat. Dude, his leather and suede boots did you see his I shoes i did I did. They were nice. Yeah. I think that they uh they weren't a hundred bucks. No. Okay. A couple hundred. Yeah, those uh he but it but it was very again very much a like your cool uncle that never married. Yes. Vibe, right? Yes. Like and he's still single. Like, yeah. By the, the way. The cool the cool uncle that and just kinda like he's sixty, looks fifty. You don't know exactly what he does. You're like, does he sell stocks? Is he insurance? Like, you're not a hundred percent sure what he does, but he's doing it no, well. He looks like a financial advisor. Yeah. You, you, you but but like it's always that uncle that you don't know growing up. You're not sure what he does. He always smells of like mahogany. Bourbon and cigars, right? Yeah. It's this, yeah. it's this rich aroma, and so yeah, it was very nice. And he, uh, shout out to John and Rocky for they hooked me up with a, a nice little pack of Rocky Patels oh, to take home. So well, that was nice for me. It was cool to be able to smoke a Rocky Patel with Rocky Patel cigar <laughs> with him that's, while I'm interviewing him. I mean, it was very relaxed setting, just great. You like, all right. I'm trying to think of another. Thing, like a way it's like playing catch with Tom Brady yes there it's it's or it, playing golf yes. with Tiger Woods or shooting shooting some basketball with Michael Jordan just talking right not competitive but just like y'all are on the court shoot like you're doing what this person does best with them and that's a cool unique experience to share because again I know he's done a lot of those but the list of people who have smoked a Rocky Patel with Rocky Patel in in the world is it, very. It finite. would be like me getting to play catch with Willie Mays. Yeah, but in a casual. Yes. like you said. Yes, it, it was it was it was relaxed. Cigar shops are usually that way. Yeah, uh, obviously you're right. There's a lot of leather and and you know hardwood beams yeah. and exposed brick in this place. Just, it feels like, oh, man, I felt like Winston Churchill, but not stuck in the 50s right but it was it was fancy and not in an over you know what's not but not fun? pretentious exactly it's, it's, it's laid back it's and not cool. fun to go into a cigar shop or any type of place where they've made it too unapproachable and unap- some of the country unap- clubs yes, that you and i've been absolutely in. like yeah. stetson where stetson bennett now has a membership to is probably ostentatious exactly ridiculous right this is much more um approachable yet still holds the class that you desire for that type of environment it was fun it was a great time and um right now the robert st john podcast is up we'll be dropping episode two this week yeah and so episode one is up part of our whiskey 61 podcast and uh fits right into kind of everything that we do as far as travel and food and beverage 
uh, we went and grabbed that space in 2003, and uh, it's it's our space and our real estate. Let me ask you this question. I'll put you on the spot since okay. we're just having fun this segment All on right. a Monday. Where does Rocky rank among the greats that you've gotten to interview? Because, again, we continue to add to our list. And you did a bunch before I got here, obviously, but even just since I, in just the last four and a half years, I feel like we've done some pretty awesome interviews. Like Tark the Shark and Chipper yep. Jones yep. and guys like that. Yeah, those go um, up there. I mean, we had Steve Spurrier on a treadmill on the show. That's pretty awesome. Earl Campbell. Yeah. Which I can't believe we had Earl Campbell on the show. I mean, you did Brett. He's a star, Favre. <laughs> Brett Favre is a star. We've had Warren Moon on. That guy texts me like every month on the text line and says, just remember Brett Favre. That a star. guy gets it. He get he got what we were saying. <laughs> I think Rocky Patel's top ten for me, and here's why. I love sports. It's been a incredible gift for me in my life. Uh and to be in sports and business is amazing. Uh but to to be able to talk cigars, Blake, and sports with someone is it, just a blast for me. I mean, I love having all the other people we have on, but it's, it, he's in the top 10. The guy that I've got to knock down, all right, I, I'll tell you, yeah. is is Charles Barkley. Behind the scenes peak. Oh, Charles Barkley. Okay. I, I got to have Barkley on. I, I was obsessed with Charles Barkley in 1984. So that's the mission. Okay. And um, we can make I want to have Barkley on. We'll make and I don't happen. care about talking. You know, I want to talk about his golf game and the fact that he likes cigars and he loves boutique tequila you may not want and where to come his favorite on. place is to travel. I mean, I don't need to break down Steph. I love Steph Curry. I don't need to break down his game or LeBron's game and, and you know, all the great players that he gets to, to cover. Um, that would be one that, that would be okay. unbelievable and it will happen. I need to kind of get more focused on that, but uh, we'll make it happen. We will make it happen. Uh, Nick says uh, Fred Smoot is number one. Let's be real. Smoot is great. Smoot is hilarious. He's a lot of fun because he gets it, and he's he's just a blast to interview. Um, let's kind of start over again here. All right. We talked about it right out of the gate, Blake. Let's reset. Ole Miss is number one in the transfer portal in yeah. football recruiting. They land, dart, and trig. They have the Georgia Tech edge rusher coming in. And there's a ton, as there should be, there is an, a, an enormous amount of uh, you know, excitement. I mean, people are back and, and really, you know, into it. And the question that you're going to hear me talk about all, I mean, just month after month, is can this work? Can, can, you, can you go this heavy into the transfer portal, still have the roster balance that you need, win in the new modern day transfer portal. This case study is going to be awesome, fascinating, intriguing, and interesting and and fun to watch. Can you do it? Maybe. Maybe not. And is it sustainable? Is it sustainable? The show is brought to you by the spray and bedliners and lift kits at Rick's Pro Truck and RPT. Tom Luganville coming up on 8.30 at 8.30 on this new model that Ole Miss is testing out in football. Tom Luganville, 8.30. You're listening to the Out of Bounds Show, fueled by Fleetway Market. Whether you're on the road to the tailgate or headed up to hunting camp, stop by Fleetway Market to fuel up the car and the cooler today. Woo! 
Good morning. Welcome in. Great, great Sunday of football. How about uh, Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford, all SEC quarterback matchup in the Super Bowl? And how about the Rams hosting the Super Bowl and they're in the Super Bowl? The first 54 Super Bowls, that never happened. It's now happened in consecutive Super Bowls. But the Rams will be the away team because it's the AFC's year to be the home team. Oh, I don't know what that means. AFC is home in even years. A- NFC is home in odd years in Super Bowls. Isn't that wild? The Rams will not usually leave on like Sunday or Monday before the Super Bowl. No, they'll be there the whole time. They'll yeah. just be at their at their spot. Isn't it amazing that COVID went away for the national championship game and for the playoffs? Yeah. Well, isn't that in that remarkable? You just got like it. regular season games. It could flare up. This is crazy. It's kind of like you know, at some of these mandates. After 10 p.m., you need to be in. You can go all day. You know, to Home Depot and restaurants and the grocery store and the wine and spirit store, but you have to get in by either nine or ten at night because that's when COVID comes out. Yeah. But COVID has disappeared during the national championship game for Georgia and Alabama and during the heart and the heat of the NFL playoff. Isn't that remarkable? Yeah, you just tell it no. Okay. You say no, no, no. Okay. Like Hakeem Olajuwon. No, no, no. Um, How about the fact, or I guess let me ask you this question. Will Matthew Stafford kick his family out of the house a la Tom Brady? That's a great question. Will Matthew Stafford, I'd say no. Yeah, I think he loves his family. Yeah. Wow, so are you saying Brady doesn't? No, I'm just kidding. He, but it was funny. They were gone for like ten days. Yeah, he literally had like it was basically as soon as they won the NFC title game last year. From that point on, which I guess is like thirteen days, they were gone. Yeah, yeah. They just kicked them out. Giselle took the took the children's and left. Hmm. But we didn't have any COVID over the weekend or going into the game. No, we haven't had it. In, Isn't that amazing? I think yeah. about coaches. Players, and so on. Pretty remarkable. The Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN, is driven by the pre-owned and new SUVs and trucks at Mack Hike and Flowood, MacHikeFlowood.com, MacHikeFlowood.com. Um, where did where did Brady and them win it last year? In Tampa. That's what I'm saying. It's back-to-back years that the, the that's team what I has thought. hosted it. It's never. It didn't happen for the first 54 seasons. Okay. And now it's happened in two consecutive seasons. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. That's what I was going for. Brady stayed at his house but kicked his family yeah, out that, wherever that, they went. And that was my question. Was some, will, will Matthew Some Stafford, villa in the Bahamas for a week or Motel so. Motel 6? Until they got back. Did Giselle go to a Holiday Inn down the road? Uh, Giselle hasn't stayed at a Holiday Inn since she was 20 years old. She's probably never stayed at a Holiday well, Inn. Well, no, there was a time, but, oh, but not, not since uh, becoming a... Uh, the number one model or top ten model in the world. You mean the breadwinner of the Brady household? Yeah, is the, actually, what you're trying to say is Tom Brady retiring? It's a great question. According to Adam Schefter and according to the NFL Network, the goat is going to retire. Blake, is he going to stay through this weekend to get his 
whatever it is, February 12, 15 million. February 4th, he gets 15 it's million Friday. dollars. Okay. 15 mil for for the February 4th deadline. So if he's going to retire, so he is not going to retire officially until after that. If he does retire, right? I still am holding out the belief that I don't. I don't think he's walking away. Okay. I think this is a premature. I do. But premature. you and I disagreed last week, and yeah. and we're continuing to yeah. kind of. You, you're thinking he comes back. I believed in Sean Payton retire or stepping away. That may I believed that he was ready to step away, a la Dan Mullen. But Brady, I think Brady is. It's just hard for me to see him hanging. He's so competitive. Everything you hear about him is that he literally wakes up and then like chews on glass so that he can get mad and go get ready for another Super Bowl run. Right. So he's just turning that off. I don't believe it. I do. I, I think he's. I think he's going to get the bonus, and he's going to walk away. He's definitely getting the bonus. That part we can we can agree on. <laughs> 15 mil? 15 He gets a $20 million signing bonus for the year, but 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 he would have to be on the roster at the beginning of the season to get off He's 20. like, hey, I led y'all to yeah. the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. And back into the playoffs this year, I'm getting my 15 mil, and then I'm he's going to head to the yeah. house. But we'll see. Yeah. Schefter usually doesn't report something like that. And he's, you know. And then the NFL Network reported on it too, Blake. They both went yes. with it. Yeah, no, there were two people who reported, so, so I, I get it. I understand. How would you like to be the guy who leaks that Tom Brady's retiring and then it doesn't happen? Oh. Yikes. And who is that person? That's a great question. In his inner circle, who leaks that story? Well, you asked me about that because we talked about Sean Payton. We, we had Demario Davis on, and Demario said, well, I learned about it the, the afternoon before. Right. And you said, well, you know, Demario didn't leak it and you said if i came to you and we had a conversation and you, and you were like i'm blake i'm leaving in six months and then and i was the only person you told and then you know 24 hours later it's on twitter you'd be mad at me sure i get all of that i my response was well you know the sean payton news was leaked before the announcement and it was only like 12 hours after demario davis found out about it right yeah which there were more people who knew i'm not saying demario had anything to do right. that i'm saying that that that's the timeline the Brady stuff was probably, if he discussed with his inner circle, it's happened over the last 36 hours. So that's how, I mean, it's just how the NFL works. Okay, let's let's go to what you were talking about, Sean Payton. Isn't it interesting that I think the Saints and, and Mickey Loomis and Miss Benson thought that they could talk him out of it? I think they 100% thought they could talk him out of did. it. I think they did. And I'm not taking a shot at them, but, and that's what you try to do. I think they thought, thought he could they could talk him into changing his mind again and going back to the Saints and at least giving it one more year, Blake. I think he looked at how far they are over the cap, even though Loomis and that group are brilliant. And you can do a lot of different things over the next two to three but months. $80 million is a lot. And they cut a ton last year. <laughs> But uh, when you cut that cap, you lose players. That's the problem. And so yeah. you're Sean is in a the Saints are just in a massive rebuild right now. I mean, you might I don't know if rebuild rebuild might not even be the right word. It might be a full on tear down and start over at and, this point. And Sean at this point in his career isn't trying to do that. No, they, they they built this thing for the last four seasons. They had a lot of success. Um, they are five. They they were really close against the Vikings in the playoffs. Really close against the Rams. Yeah, Vikings twice. Yeah, yeah. And and it 
And they had great success. Making the playoffs is hard. Winning the game is extremely difficult. But I did think that was interesting that Loomis and Miss Benson and maybe a few others, Blake, thought maybe there was a chance in talking Sean Payton into coming back. I think that's accurate. I think Sean made the right move. Yeah, and I think the Saints made the right move in trying to get him. Is, oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, Mickey Loomis is one of the sharpest guys in the If in you the, can buy yourself one more in season, the industry, buy it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Mickey's like, hey, man, if, if either Jameis comes back healthy or Sean gets Jimmy G or, or well, if Sean got right. I think Sean looked at it and said, we're not, we're not getting Russell. Well, I think also Wilson, the problem is. Derek Carr may, you know, stay at the Raiders. Jimmy, I, is Jimmy G enough to get Sean all fired up? It probably had to be for Sean Russell Wilson. They're more or than Sean Watson. They're more than a QB. They're more than a QB away. I don't think either of those guys wins them next year. This is the problem because yeah, they just know. they've got so much roster I mean, turnover. It, they're going to have is Sean capable of going uh, ten and seven with a Deshaun or Russell, even with that roster? Yeah. Absolutely. And once you get in, like the Bengals, you don't ever know. You don't ever know. Um, is this the most likable QB matchup in the history of Super Bowls? It's got, it's got to be right oh, up there. Oh, it's got to be up there, Blake. Yeah. Tom Luganville coming up next. Yeah, it's got to be up there. Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford. He was with the Lions. Tom Luganville on the transfer portal in high school football recruiting. Ole Miss is number one in transfer portal recruiting. They got that NIL fund going. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Tom Luganville joins us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line next. The Out of Bounds Show podcast is presented by the Premium Cigars at Havana Smoke Shop. Visit their two locations, I-55 in Jackson and on the res for your premium cigar needs. Only at Havana Smoke Shop. The Out of Bounds Show is live, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus studio. Check, check, check it out. Good morning, good morning. SEC Insider Hit brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your auto and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent in any of the 82 counties in the state of Mississippi. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Our guests join us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. We were were talking transfer portal and... Ole Miss is number one in the transfer portal. And this is going to be a fascinating case study on, you know, going all in and what is the right balance between the modern-day transfer portal that we're experiencing now and balancing high school slash JUCO signees. I mean, Lane Train and that crew has decided they're all in, and according to reports, they're not going to sign anybody else on Wednesday high school-wise. So right now, 40% of their signing class is from the transfer portal. So, like, what's the right balance? Is this model sustainable in the new modern world of college football and modern world of transfer portal? We welcome in Tom Luganville, who's headed up uh, ESPN's recruiting for well over a decade, national college football analyst. Lou's joins us on the Out of Bounds show. So, Tom, this is going to be a, a lot of fun to see how all this plays out. Um, Ole Miss is all in on the transfer portal. And 
If they, it looks like they've also landed the Georgia Tech edge rusher, which will put them over 40% of their class this year as transfer portal. We probably don't know yet, but what is your, what, what comes to mind as far as maybe the right balance on transfer portal and signing high school kids per class? Well, I think the first thing that you've got to examine is what is the eligibility remaining if you're going to go, you know, cast your line into the transfer portal lake. You know, you if you're going to go and you're going to sign 40% of your class out of the transfer portal, and I'm not just using old Miss as an example, this can be anybody, and, you know, all of a sudden those guys have two years or less remaining, then I think it can be very, very dangerous. It can be dangerous on two fronts. Number one, you're still running the risk. If they, the, the fewer years of eligibility that they have, the more you need them to be impactful players because you're not going to have them for very long. And then I think secondly, the other risk is that you start to scare off high school prospects who, if they're smart, really start examining the roster and seeing who you brought in and realizing that there's always going to be this this energy placed into the transfer portal to potentially replace me with an older player that's got limited years of eligibility left. So I think you've got to somehow weigh that. You've got to weigh the risk. And this is all risk management, right? I mean, you're, you're weighing um, temperament. You're weighing character. You're weighing experience, youth. Um, maybe the guy had a problem in another place, and now you're saying, well, we're going to take him because we think we can fix him or he's going to fit in here. Now, that's a really, really big risk. And I think lastly, and maybe this is probably the most important thing, is if you're going down that path, you have to be convinced and sure that the guy you're bringing in is better than what you have. And maybe not by a little, but by a lot. So if I look at a Jackson Dart and I look at, right now I look at Ole Miss and their roster, is Jackson Dart an upgrade? Yes. Do I think Luke Altmyer is going to be a really good player one day? Absolutely, I do. Uh, loved him coming out of high school. But right now, that's an upgrade. So it makes sense. So when I hear, and you and I have talked about this, particularly as it relates to Clemson, is if, if you're going to be in the transfer portal market, priority number one is to improve your roster, hopefully in two areas, not just talent, but also in depth. If you can't do that through the transfer portal, then you're better off building through the high school ranks with three or four or five-year guys. Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds Show. All right, so you you did a deep dive into Dart, and it was really good. Um, I don't. We don't have to go that far, but just give me, so that we can do it again, give me 30 seconds on what Ole Miss is getting with Jackson Dart. Uh, I like to either call him a gunslinger or a riverboat gambler. He's just one of those guys that's going to go pick up the ball, go in, go out to the street and start throwing it around uh, and, and ripping it. He kind of plays – I don't want to say he plays with a reckless abandon. It's a controlled – it's a controlled risk management with him because he has a little bit of that Brett Favre where I, I, can, I can make every throw. I know I shouldn't do this, but I, I'm going to get away with it eight out of ten times. So I'm going to do it. You know, that type of mentality, which you love, but you got to temper it just a little bit at times too. But, I mean, listen, you're talking about a guy, all right, that threw 63 touchdowns in a season as a high school player. And remember, I've mentioned this to you before. He was very, very fortunate because he is nowhere near in the position he's in right now 
if during the pandemic the state of Utah had decided not to play high school football his senior year because he was a marginally viewed intriguing prospect going into his senior year that had some group of five interest. I know Arizona State at that time was one of the few power five schools that had offered him, and all of a sudden he plays his senior year and he blows up. And if that doesn't happen, he's not around. So I, I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, I think I said this last time we discussed him is, you know, everybody's focusing on Caleb William, but I kind of really felt like the, the guy that, that's going to win the sweepstakes is going to be whoever gets Jackson Dart. So you feel like Ole Miss won the sweepstakes? I do, yeah. That's just, that's just my feeling on it. I, I just think that guy's got a chance to be really, really good. And what are they getting with Michael Trigg tied in? Also from Southern Cal, Luke. Yeah, I, I think he's kind of a tweener, uh, tweener, flex guy, inline guy, um, good player, athletic player. Uh, but I, I, you know, again, I'm not all that familiar right now with the current tight end position with with Ole Miss. So how much of an upgrade is he? I'd probably be irresponsible in making that assessment right now. Uh, but I think they're getting a good player. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm sitting here saying, oh, okay, they're going to get a an, an O.J. Howard or, you know, somebody that just absolutely – an Eric Ebron, somebody that just transforms your offense. Okay. What about uh, Zach Evans running back from TCU, who was a five-star, yeah. kind of ran into some issues, was semi-productive under Gary Patterson's last little tenure, uh, and he has signed with Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss lost Ely, Connor, and Henry Parrish. So this is a kid that I've actually been really, really proud of. This is a kid that was so talented coming out of high school, and his conduct, and only his conduct, almost ruined his recruitment. He almost blew every opportunity, and in many cases, he blew a lot of them and ended up at TCU as a result and has really grown up. And, you know, I had the the Texas TCU game this past fall, He's really, really talented, Bo, and I mean really talented. And uh, as an as-advertised guy from what he was coming out. Now, the problem is during his tenure at, at TCU, they're just not very good. Um, but when you go back and you watch him, he's – I mean, a lot of people talk about Bajon Robinson. A lot of people talk about uh, Kenneth Walker and all these backs out there. Zach Evans is a dynamic football player. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does because – He's a guy that almost threw it all away, and then the light kind of came on, and he – I was talking to Gary Patterson this past fall. I said, have there been any issues? He goes, not one. He's been a great student. He's been a great kid. He's done everything we've asked him to do, and so really neat to see him turn things around because he might be a guy that plays for a long, long time. Okay. Um, and th- don't you think this is going to be a fascinating case study for – I mean, it's not just Ole Miss, but this is what – they're oh. one of our local schools – and so we're heavy into these four schools, Ole Miss, MSU, Bama, and LSU. Yeah. But don't you think it'll be a fascinating case study as far as over the next few years as we're transitioning into a new modern world of college football and transfer portal on what is the right balance? There's no question because what's going to start happening is you're going to start to see when you, when you miss, how dramatic is the impact. When you hit – how dramatic is the impact? So, for example, um, Michigan State and Alabama last year. Prime examples of when you hit on it 
all right, it can just have this monumental impact in a positive manner in relationship to the season and and your program. And then we're going to start to see over the next couple of years if you miss significantly, and I'm going to say this in regards to this portion of it because I think this is where the danger comes in. There's a lot of talented players in the transfer portal, but there's also a lot of guys that are in the transfer portal and it has nothing to do with talent. So if you decide to just ignore that side of it and you bring in four or five different guys and they're a disgruntled type of personality or they're a locker room killer or they're a coach killer, you're, you're going to set your program back. And I think that's, it's going to be fascinating to see who does their homework on what type of guy you bring in, how many of them do you bring in. And here's the, really the ultimate, uh, I, I think, X factor in all of this is the extra year of eligibility is what is the big problem right now in college football. The transfer portal is a problem, all right? We've got to get it regulated. We've got to create some opportunities where it's okay to go into there and, it's, and then other areas where, all right, you can't in, enter the transfer portal. But until we get past almost five classes of an extra year of eligibility, the scholarships are going to be screwed up. And how these coaches navigate what scholarships they think they have, even though they don't know their hard number, and where they decide to allocate them is going to be very, very interesting. Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He joins us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. All right, let's switch gears, Tom. Can you t- what can you tell me about Jordan Mosley, wide receiver from, I'm sorry, Justin Robinson, wide receiver from Georgia, who transferred to Mississippi State, or, or can, so I was listening to a Georgia podcast, and they felt like he could have been, had he not gotten injured, a big piece of the puzzle for Georgia. What do you know about him? Yeah, so this is a kid that, you know, he's about six foot four, about 210 pounds. I mean, he's a, he is a big, big kid. Now, Back in 2019, he ran laser to laser, 4-7. All right, now that's like running hand time, 4-5-5. So for a guy his size, he can really, really run. Um, He's a 2019 kid out of that class. I I just think that he's got a chance uh, if he sticks and and he just settles it out and is patient, he could be a really, really good, big physical target. Okay, so you like him? Um, oh yeah, I like him a lot. Okay, and Marcus Banks, who transferred from Alabama to MSU, he's a corner, maybe safety. What do you know about him? Yeah, Marcus Banks is a guy that kind of played inside and outside, uh, both not only coming out, um, but when. When he got to Alabama, I think he kind of found himself in a position of not quite knowing where – this guy was recruited by everybody. Okay, when I say everybody, I'm talking about LSU, A&M, Auburn, Baylor, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, uh, Tennessee, everybody, nationally, USC, Ohio State, Nebraska. He's one of those guys that he played in, I think, 22, 23, 24 games while he was at Alabama, but can never quite – find that fit am i a corner am i a nickel am i a safety we thought he was a corner coming out um he's not very big he was really tall really long waiting for us at camp at only 163 pounds so he's got good height five foot eleven but just 
I don't know if he ever developed much more as far as physically when it comes to just the, I guess you could say the, the, the game in and game out, play in and play out pounding. I think he's a guy that needs to live in the weight room if he's going to gotcha. maximize what is obvious physical ability. Okay. Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds Show. We'll switch gears again. Sean Payton, you've known him for a long time. Yeah. Going back to him working for your father. Um, late 80s, early 90s, San Diego State. He steps down. Kind of rock. This is a huge hoot-at market, uh, Luke's. Uh, people yeah. have season tickets. We're two and a half hours from NOLA. So um, we've been to dozen, dozens of Saints games over the years. And so, what? first of all, when you met, when you first met and were around Sean Payton, did you see it then that he could ascend and eventually become the coach and guy that he did with the Saints the last 16 years? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's – well, a couple of things happened with him. So, initially, he started off as a GA at San Diego State, went back to Miami of Ohio where he worked for Randy Walker, right, the late Randy Walker. And in those days, you could have what was called restricted earnings coaches. So, you had your full-time coach, you had your graduate assistant, and then you could have basically a part-time assistant. That wasn't a GA and he wasn't a full-time assistant. And Sean Payton kind of navigated those waters. And then when my father had an opening on his staff, it was actually to be the running backs coach, he ended up hiring Sean back in a full-time capacity. At that time, Marshall Falk was the running back. Um, so it's not, it's not as if Sean had to do a lot of coaching. <laughs> but he was a, he was a, uh, he's a quarterback guy. He was a great quarterback at, at Eastern Illinois. Um, in fact, Garoppolo uh, beat all, you know, broke all of his records, and uh, so did Tony Romo. Um, but he, he was a guy that then moved – when he moved out of the college ranks, he got hooked up with um, John Gruden. And when he got hooked up with John Gruden, he kind of took the John Gruden grind mentality and maybe took it too far to the point where – you know, he's burning himself out and was was working these hours to the point where I think it can it can become counterproductive. So I'll, I'll give you a, so I was the, when the XFL folded the first the first XFL, I was the quarterback's coach in Los Angeles. It folds. Um, Sean Payton is the offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach for the Giants. I go do a. Um, a little brief seven-week kind of study um, for Sean Payton in a quality control role for the Giants in the summer of 2000, and let's see, it would have been 2000, uh, 2000, yeah. So July, August, into the first weekend of the NFL regular season, and I can remember being in like the second or third week of camp. I mean, it's early. We haven't even prepped for a preseason game yet. And it is like 2.30 in the morning. All right, this is during like two days, like old school two days when you had two days. And Sean and I are in there and he's like grinding as if it was week eight on a Thursday night wow. in the regular season. And he's just a worker. He's a phenomenal worker. He knows the game inside and out. Um, and I asked him one time, I said, I said, at what point is it three o'clock in the morning on a Friday night? At what point do you say to yourself, you know what, the hay's in the barn. There's nothing that we're going to be able to do. To if we don't know it by now, 
we're not good enough by now. And he said, I've asked myself that question a thousand times and I've never been able to do it. In a sense of, at some point, you got to walk away, right? Like you got to you know, walk out of that office, you have to go home, you have to step away, you have to recharge the batteries. And there's some guys that can't do that. He's one of those guys that has a hard time doing that. He's a phenomenal worker. Yeah. Jeff Duncan wrote a book on Peyton and Breeze last year, and I read it, and he talked about the grind that Peyton embraced. And he basically said the same thing that you just said, Tom. He said, I know, I know no other way. And, um, yeah, they're addicted to it. I mean, at the end of the day, that's really what it is. I mean, some people are addicted to drugs or alcohol or women or gambling or what have you. Yeah. And then there's people that are addicted to football and they can't live without it. Yeah. Carmichael and Lombardi, uh, were quoted in there who have been on the staff, uh, Dan Campbell, all of them were quoted that, I mean, it's just one way you can either, you can either do it and figure it out and, and it's not for everybody either no, obviously it is not uh a guy i think it he, is not. i think he's a thousand times better than gruden but uh and you know what luke's it'll be fascinating to see if he can he you know his personality he gets it on social media i think he'll be great on tv so many of these guys aren't um and i mean you know tony dungy and bill cower bore me to death and you don't have to comment on that but anyway the point is yeah. uh i think sean will be really really good we had demario davis on last week linebacker for the saints and he said he thinks sean will be great it, if if he can recharge him and come back because yeah you know and make one more five or six year run you know he's going to try to pair up with the with the qb all right stafford and burrow um the first thing that you you think about with burrow knowing that you probably uh, evaluated him out of high school going to Ohio State, or or he definitely got on your radar when he transferred to LSU? Well, he was a back-end ESPN 300 guy for us um, coming out of high school. So we were more than aware of him. It was one of those situations where Urban Meyer kind of waited and waited and waited because I think he knew that at the end of the day, this was an in-state kid whose dream was to probably play at Ohio State, and he didn't have to pull the trigger early on him. I think he kind of played the game a little bit. And at the end of the day, it was a very talented Dwayne Haskins and a very talented Joe Burrow, and there's only one football. And, you know, I, I get that. I understand that. The thing that I appreciate about, about Joe Burrow is, and because, you know, I, I, I'm not anti-transfer portal, but I am anti the moment something goes wrong and the moment something doesn't go your way, you pick up your ball and you go home. And in many of the instances, this happens with kids before they've ever even been on a campus for more than a calendar year. That part bothers me. But this kid was involved in three or two quarterback competitions, okay? He redshirted. He ends up not winning the job late. And then he graduates, right? So he does everything that's asked of him, everything that's asked of him. And now the clock's starting to run out, right? So he's got two years of eligibility. He puts himself in the market, does his homework, goes to a place where you know they're going to have great players around him, right? So you give yourself a chance to be successful. Um, Because let's call it what it is. At the end of the day, if Joe Burrow had decided to transfer to Michigan State, is he the number one overall player in the the NFL draft? No. Probably not, okay? So I think he deserves a lot of credit for doing his homework in that regard. And then things obviously aligned, and we're starting to see that what the Cincinnati Bengals did as an organization and, and who they targeted, who they went after. Um, and then obviously their decision to, to draft Jamar Chase. 
completely changed the face of the organization because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Did you watch yesterday when they needed a play? He was going to one person. He was going to Jamar. When, when they were in the red area, yep. he was going to Jamar Chase. Now, when they were in the field, it was T. Higgins and a combination of Jamar Chase. But there's a confidence now because I think there's such a synergy between them that now Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow have this little shiny toy under the Christmas tree in Jamar Chase with this big, tall, lumbering guy in, in 85, T. Higgins, and we hope Uzama comes back for them because I think he's been a – uh, an unheralded factor at the tight end position, but you just kind of see that when a guy has talent and he has moxie, when he's got all the goods, which I think Joe Burrow does, and then you have an organization or a coaching staff that starts to put the pieces around him and then do what he does. Um, you got a football team that two seasons ago had won two games, and now they're going to the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. Real, real quick, 10 seconds. Do you think T. Higgins, like A.J. Brown, should have been a first-round pick, Luke's? Yeah, but he wasn't because he's not a burner. Okay. That's the thing. I think if you were asked A.J. And, and, and T. to race, A.J. would win. Got and it. I think A.J. obviously is playing like a first-rounder. It looks like T. Higgins is, too. Man, that was fun. It's 23 minutes. Tom Luganville on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Thanks, Luke's. Talk soon, buddy. All right, buddy. Man, that was fun. From Jackson Dart. Ole Miss, Mississippi State transfers, the whole how do you balance transfer portal and high school kids to uh, Sean Payton and then uh, little Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. My Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. Incredible. Hour number three coming up on a Max Effort Monday brought to you by USA Palm and USAPalm.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.